Yo, what's up? It's Alex from Young Culture, and you're listening to We Podcast, and we know things right now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 229 of We Podcast, and we know things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me for this amazing episode, I cannot wait for this one, the best damn voice in the business. Samator. The bells have been rung. 229 episodes it took for us. Well, no, we started this pod in 2016. So, I don't know, four years after the original Justice League came out and we reviewed it on this show, well, we get... It, go ahead. They were shooting this movie in 2016 and 2017. When we, were start, when we started this pod. So, basically, our pod is as old as the Justice League movie. <laughs> exactly. We've waited so long. Even from when this was announced, and it's here, finally. We've talked about it at nauseum for the last four years, if this was ever a possibility. And the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League, is here. We get to talk about it tonight. Spoiler free. We're going to do our damnedest to keep it spoiler free. And I'm talking It's so tough because I just want to word vomit everything, (laughs) but I, I am going to be good. We, we will word vomit next week when we do our spoiler cast. We'll also do a spoiler cast for episode one of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So 2.30 is an episode you're not going to want to miss. Stick here, though, for 2.29, even if you haven't seen the film yet, because we're gonna, like I said, we're going to go spoiler free. There are some notes we have and some things like that. We're going to do our best to not give away the big uh, story beats and things like that. If something slips, well, I apologize. We'll try to take care of that in the time codes. Yeah, take uh, spoiler free with a grain of salt. Hopefully you saw the movie just to be safe. You can know, you could always skip it. We always usually do time codes. If not, wait till you wait till you see it and come back. Well, I, I would say this too. If like we drop a major spoiler by accident, I will time code that so you can skip over. I won't put what the spoiler is in the time code because then it would spoil the spoiler. Yeah, don't listen to this for this spoiler. Yeah, yeah <laughs> But yeah, we'll yeah. say major spoiler from whatever to whatever. That way, if we do accidentally drop on the beautiful magic of post-production, I'll put it in the time code so you can just hit the 30-second skip real quick and, and just move past that one spoiler. But the film will only have been out for 24 hours by the time you're hearing this episode, maybe even less because I'm going to drop it early. As soon as we're done recording and editing, I'm throwing it up because I can't wait for everybody to hear this episode. And so it's a four-hour and two-minute film. We've both watched it. We both woke up at 3 in the morning and watched it. Before 8 o'clock, we had it watched. That's pretty in- insane. And we're both extremely tired. Well, yeah. When you set your alarm for two fifty eight on a work day, <laughs> the dead, you know, that's complete dedication. And not only that, you said it, dude. It was a work day, so like, not only did we do this, but we worked a full day afterwards. And so, you know, I would and then say have to record this. We're running on fumes tonight, but I'm a little the, tired. I'm a little wired. It's the, it's the best damn fumes in the business. If you will, <laughs> we, we could not wait to talk about this. So we are live here on Zencaster. We will have a full episode for you. Don't worry. We're going to talk about all the week's nerdy news. It's not just going to be Snyder cut stuff, but you best believe we're going to start off there after our picks of the week and trivia. So we do have our picks of the week. We do have our trivia. It's two and a half for Sam. And two for me, Sammy in the lead here. Loving that. Uh, We'll do some spoiler-free Snyder Cut stuff. That's where our top three is going to lie, our top three favorite characters from the Snyder Cut. I wouldn't be shocked. Tough. I know, I know. And I wouldn't be shocked if the answer to that probably comes out like during our conversation and then you just won't be shocked by the time we get to there. But we got that. 
Uh, we have uh, an update on Matt Reeves' Batman. We have an update on the Let There Be Carnage Venom sequel, which we pretty much called on this pod, but we'll wait for then. Uh, we have some expectations that we're going to have for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Their first episode review didn't drop yet, so we don't have that. Um, but it's got a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, so apparently it real good. Uh, we got dude. Uh, I, yo, it doesn't even matter. I'm Ryan. I'm coming in Ryan the high off Justice League, so I'm doing good. We got three new Game of Thrones prequels in early development at HBO. Sam will take over in gaming, where we got some PS5 news, some Nintendo Switch news. The February NPD, where we're going to go over the top selling games of the month of February. Xbox's acquisition of Bethesda is official, and an even deeper look into the next gen PS VR. I cannot wait. We're going to have a great time with this episode, but let's start it off where we customarily do with our picks of the week. It's funny that my pick of the week is DC related. So on YouTube, there's a YouTube channel called Bat in the Sun. They did a little Kickstarter program. I don't know. It was actually Indiegogo where they were looking to raise, I think it was like twenty five or 30000 And they actually raised just shy of $76,000. So they made a 25-minute a little Batman movie called Batman Dying is Easy, directed by Aaron and Sean Shinoki, father and son. They've been doing this for years. They've been doing the, they're actually filming the Legend of the White Dragon right now. They've done all like the, the superpower beatdowns, all them guys. So of course, Kevin Porter is back as Batman Bruce Wayne. Aaron Shinoki plays the Joker. And I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but his Joker portrayer is better than Leto's. I'm just going to say that. You have actually have Michael Matson coming in here playing Harvey Bullock, which that's a pretty big name for like a little small project like this. So it's pretty cool like that. Get Doug Jones coming in for the Riddler. Chris Daughtry played Hugo Strange. We finally get to see what a, a live action Mad Hatter looks like. They still have so many cameos of uh, Batman's rogues gallery because he's walking through um, Arkham Asylum. And the, it, it's just a different tone. And they shoot this a little bit differently that. Kevin Porter shined as Batman. He's a you know a big dude. So he's like six five. So he's a real uh, like a giant figure. Like a the, you know not the person you want to see if you're a bad guy. And he delivers. Him and Aaron definitely have fun going back and forth. Batman the Joker. And this one absolutely delivers. It's free. It's on YouTube. It's only twenty five minutes. Bat in the Sun's YouTube channel. Check it out. Batman dying is easy. You love Bat in the Sun. That's oh, like not dude. the first time. Oh, dude, I, I, always awesome. support, I always support these guys. I can't wait till they're done with The Legend of the White Dragon, with JDF and Johnny Young Bosch and all them guys. So, you know, they, they do good material. So I'll stick around. My pick of the week is a film you can watch right now on Netflix. Um, and a place you can watch a lot of films, as a matter of fact. But this one's called I Care A Lot. And it is probably uh, my favorite movie of the year so far because I've only watched two. Uh, so not, not a lot <laughs> yeah, to not, pick yeah from. not a lot to choose so it's in the top two right. that was released in 2021 i uh, came out this month actually no, i'm sorry came out in february where we're halfway through march and i thought it was february so there's where my mind is at uh but it's really really cool i like it a lot um peter dinklage is in it he plays the villain uh rosamund pike is in it she's the main character from gone girl with ben affleck ben affleck in a movie we're going to be talking about in just a minute uh, a little known movie called the justice league. So we have that Diane West, Chris Messina, Isaac Gonzalez. Um, it is a really unique premise that I, I liked a lot. And so um, long story short, Rosamund Pike's character, Marla is a 
caretaker. And by caretaker, she's basically uh, she runs a company where she becomes the legal guardian of people who are either elderly or sick and cannot take care of themselves and have nobody else in their lives to be their guardian. Okay. But, but instead of being playing it straight, she is definitely a con artist. She uh, takes advantage of those people, finds ways to extort those people, sells their houses and profits, this, that, and the other. And I'll just say this, one of her clients, not the type of person you want to mess with. And then hijinks ensue. It's funny. It's got a really nice premise. It doesn't feel its length. It's just a really good movie. Um, I won't go too much deeper into it because the ending I didn't see coming a mile away and I don't want to even attempt to spoil it. But if you like a comedy, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say maybe a thriller, but more just like a, I don't know. It's like a, I wouldn't even call it a drama so much. It's like one of those movies like date night or like, you know, game night, you know, one of those type of movies. It's kind of thrillery though. in like the not in the most non-threatening thriller way it's got <laughs> okay, it's, okay. it's got its action it's got its you know scenes where people are getting the shit kicked out of them but i wouldn't necessarily call it like a bad boys actiony kind of flick so i i don't know let's see what imdb describes it as i think that's probably the the place to go for that it they would consider it a oh okay a crime f- film so a comedy crime thriller uh their netflix says it's a a crooked legal guardian who drains the savings of her elderly wards meets her match. So exactly oh. what I just said. So cool. Uh, I love it a lot. It's got only a 6.2 out of 70,000 ratings. So it's not scoring the best. I can see why there is one scene about two thirds of the way through that. You would literally laugh out loud at how much it breaks the immersion of the film. But if you can get over that one scene and continue on, uh, which we did, um, it, it makes it a hundred percent worth it. I, I thought the ending was that good. And usually endings are where movies falter. So that's good um, to hear. Yeah. It actually stuck the landing in my opinion. So it's called, I care a lot. It's on Netflix right now. Check it out. Those are our picks of the week. Let's get into trivia two and a half for you two for me. I'm going to give you your question first and give you a chance to go even further ahead. Perfect. Steppenwolf's first ever comic appearance was the new gods. Number what? I think it's New God Seven. Is that your answer? I don't know. Yes. You thinking? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You are correct. All right, cool. I know my shit, yo. All right, that's it's, it's of course. I figured both of us would kind of go like you know DC question related, but here we go. The first DC Comics slash Marvel crossover comic had Superman fighting this Marvel superhero. Oh, my God. Uh, Answers, please. You have A, Iron Man, B, Spider-Man, C, Thor, D, the Hulk. Spider-Man. You are correct. All right. We both got him right, but I only get a half a point. I'll take Uh, it. So 3.5 to 2.5. So Sam is a full point lead, so I cannot take the lead. Uh, in the next week or so, but I'm only down a point, except uh, it's farther down than I was. I'm fine. <laughs> right. That's a good way to sum it up. I'm fine. Three and a half for you, two and a half for me in our race to 11 win by two. But we've arrived. We've arrived at the time that Sam, you've been waiting for since 2017. After you, for some reason, praised the original Justice League the first time you reviewed it on this pod. I think as time has gone on, you've 
changed your tune. I, th- I think at the time, it's just, you know, when you're watching something as kids, you're just happy to see them. You're riding high off the thing. You, you want to like something. You get home, you, you you think about it, you rewatch it, and you just, it, it just wasn't what was it what you what, what you thought it was. I thought the Suicide Squad film was good for the first year. I watched it again and I hated it. So I'm with yeah. you. Sometimes your first impression isn't enough, but we both have our first impression for this one. A four hour and two minute epic. Let's call it what it is. It's not just a movie. It's a friggin' epic. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Completely as best we can. Spoiler free. Spoilers. If there we do, we'll put a time code. What did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League? And I'm going to read just what I posted on IG, just because I, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, just go free, free, and I and I let something slip in there. So just for now, I'm going to say this. This is what I said on Sam P two fifteen eighty nine, and I quote: "At long last, the wait is over. How WB thought Josh Whedon's cut was better than this is beyond me. I am so happy." For Zack Snyder, he finally got to close the chapter on what was Justice League. I loved it. Solid 9 out of 10 for me. It was epic. Every single character was just better. Stephen Wolf was actually drawn out as a villain. He looked a thousand times better than what we had before. Uh, the tone, the score, the color, the acting, act- action sequences were all just better. Everyone should see this, cu- this cut of the movie. Whether you you give a shit what I think, Greg thinks, what critics think, see this movie for yourself. I know it's long. That's why you have a pause button. You'll be okay. And lastly, Dark Side is the shit. That's it. The the beautiful thing about this film is because four hours is a lot for a movie. And it differs because episodes of TV shows that you would binge have endings. But this film is divided into six parts that are very pausable. So like you said... There is still opportunity for you to either pause it or whatever. And the the chapters or parts are 45 minutes like max. So it's not like you're going to be sitting there for two hours waiting for it to to be over and pause. They go by pretty quick. I like that the movie was divided in parts. It almost got me to shift my mind a little bit and reflect on what I just watched. So there's your opportunity to pause it if you want to come back to it later because I understand Four hours at one time is a lot to dedicate. We did it at three in the morning when literally we're the only two assholes in Parkwood that are awake. Nah, dude, there was people up. Trust me. I, mean, I just mean in Parkwood. I was just uh, just being <laughs> facetious. But so I do. I did what I do, and I took a list of notes. Man, if you're a longtime listener of this pod, you know for every Game of Thrones episode and Marvel movie and all this, I like to take notes. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll kind of riff off of my notes and then Sam will respond to that, add any color that he has and, and, and everything. And so before I do that, you just went on your IG diatribe and I appreciate that you didn't want to spoil anything there and that you read it and gave the people exactly what you said on social media. Again, Stampede21589 on IG. Join the 3,000 plus people that follow you there. But oh, I'm not there yet, but I, I'd like your heads up. You're close, aren't you? I thought you were like three already. No, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm close. You're damn close. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But regardless, before I start, because you know me, I can talk up a storm. No, Is dude, any- I'm I'm more interested to hear what you have to say. I, dude, but I the talk- people, but the people no, no. want to hear your take because and, and, you're the and, DC fan. And, and they will. But first, I want to hear you. I am more 
curious to hear what is running through your mind. And the people out there might think that you know already, but the only thing that Sam knows about my thoughts in this film and the only thing that I know what Sam thinks is number one, the IG post that he just read. And I just heard it for the first time. I chose not to read it uh, earlier when he posted it. And two, before we started, because we're going spoiler free tonight, he and I did a like a two minute spoiler question and answer thing before this. So that's the only thing that we know about each other's thoughts and feelings. He doesn't actually know how I feel about it. I do. And, and I will say this. I think people, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people had their mind made up about what they thought about this movie before they even watched it. If you yeah. went into it negative, you went out of it negative. If you went into it hyped as shit, you're probably coming out of it hyped as shit. And if you went in kind of even keeled and just ready to watch it like I did, I think that's where a lot of people either sway or, or may come out. But this was my favorite DC movie ever. Oh, uh, wow. That's uh, what I like to hear. This was my favorite DC. I think the only one that touches it is Shazam. And I don't necessarily know if I count that. Um, the Dark Knight? See, I'm not. Again, I don't know if I count that. I should say like the DC. Okay. I guess the DCU. Okay. I guess they because it was never like the the worlds of DC, yeah. whatever. But if you want to call it like the DCEU, you know, that's how it's commonly referred to as. This is my favorite film in, in that cluster of movies. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's even close. Um, I don't love the Wonder Woman movies. Uh, we haven't gotten a Batman solar film. I would count Suicide Squad in there. And I again, I just mentioned I don't love that anymore. It didn't hold up. Um, so. This, uh, you know, I'm probably right there with in like the DCU, obviously, like Nolan trilogies aside, like I'm I I'd probably agree that this, yes, is the best out of all. of them. I enjoyed the last two Dark Knight films more than this. If you want to go full on DC movie ever, and I'm sure I'm probably forgetting some other DC films that you don't even they're even popping up in my head that I probably liked a little bit more. But this in the I'll say this in the last what nine years since Dark Knight Rises came out. This is my favorite DC movie. Um, now, it's not without its flaws. And that I think will probably save for the spoiler cast because I think you can't really talk about the flaws without giving away plot points. So I, I kind of want to wait. The only thing that I could say is something that was at the end credit scene of the weeding cut. Yeah. That, that's I mean, if you don't want to speak about it, then every complaint I have, I can't even talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the Whedon cuts on the table. So, Sam, you actually went back and watched the Whedon cut right before we recorded as well. Yeah, I did so, not. But I'm what, fresh. So I guess I want to kick it back to you because you kind of know my high level thoughts now. We'll dive into the rest. But like when you watch the Whedon cut, does does it make does the Whedon cut make the Snyder cut better or make the Whedon cut even worse. It, after watching the Snyder cut into four hours, blown, I watched it twice, and then I went and watched the Whedon cut because I wanted to see what he added and how he cut everything. And how Whedon did it, dude, he, he just cut his movie to pieces and then added just garbage scenes. And and honestly, like I, I noted, like noticing and knowing what you know now, like just everyone's tone's different. Everything's wrong. Everyone's character is completely different than what it is in in Zack Snyder's film. It's a completely different movie. Every, everything from top to bottom, to colors, to acting, to tone, score, look. I mean, I mean, I don't even want to look at Stephen Wolf. But when he's 
when Stephen Wolf is in Zack Snyder's movie, oh, I, I can't take my eyes off him. He has my full attention. I guess when you watch the Whedon cut with again without it hurt it 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 there hurt. you go it yeah. it hurt it literally hurt I got angry of course you start the movie with Superman's face so <laughs> you, you 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 already stabbed me in the heart with that the most and, iconic shot for the, all the wrong reasons and and then just hearing all the corny lines that he threw in there for for Superman um, I'm trying to even think of of. Well, you know, when Lois said, what's it like dying? He said it was itchy. Uh, that was stupid as shit. The and, Flash. The Flash. Yeah, obviously, obviously, the Flash was a lot different. Yeah, the stupid scenes with Wonder Woman and and uh, and Bruce Wayne. And, and it, it just was a jumbled mess. And, and no wonder why everyone kind of crapped on it. Tell me if you agree with this thought. And I could be way off because I haven't seen the Whedon cut since the first time I watched the movie four years ago. So it's not like... In the front of my mind, yeah. but what I thought Joss Whedon tried to do was make it a Marvel movie. No, and I dude, and, to, and I don't say that as a compliment. No, it, it's exactly what it did, but it, it didn't work because DC's not Marvel. Right, exactly. It's darker. It's more gritty. It's it's trying to tell a different story, quite frankly, than Marvel is. And and so I think when you have the Marvel's Avengers uh, director and Age of Ultron's director coming into this project with those two financially successful films. And he's got another ensemble movie to do just like the, the Avengers. He's going to try and make it that 2.0 version. I think he did not stick the landing giving now what we know with the material that was already shot to make it more of that dark and gritty. What sucks is we're never, maybe I say never we didn't think we were ever going to get the Snyder cut. At this time, we're not getting the other two films that were planned, and that sucks because the Snyder Cut really made me want to continue in this universe. I, I, what I what I said to my buddy Fuzz, who we we, we talked and, and did video chat after that, we didn't just took the heart out of the movie. He took out um, Cyborg's mom. He took out another key scene that I thought was a really nice moment for Cyborg in the beginning, and that there, there was nothing like you, you don't you didn't know what Steppenwolf was after you didn't know his motive you, you didn't give a shit like you literally didn't give a shit about half these people because you didn't give time for the story to develop for each character in Snyder's cut each character had their own time to shine they had their down moments they had their high moments and and we didn't it was just like they would, he just threw paint on the wall and hope something stuck a four hour movie it better have you know fleshed out those stories. And I think it did. I think everybody got their time to shine. Cyborg obviously got his huge redemption, uh, that he so rightfully deserved Ray Fisher. Um, so rightfully deserved. And again, we'll kind of dive more into the specifics of that in our spoiler cast next week. But here are some thoughts that I had about the movie overall. And again, spoiler free. And, and, uh, we'll just kind of riff back and forth a little bit. Cause I have quite a few notes. So let's talk. Uh, Call this what you will. Call it a, a slight nitpick. Call it a you know an area of opportunity. Whatever. It wasn't my favorite thing, but this is kind of more of a Snyderism than it is anything to do with the Justice League. Zack Snyder just in his films loves slow motion, and that was very very evident, especially in the first fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, and I, I've seen a few people say the same thing. Um, for for whatever reason, the, the slow mo stuff it, it didn't bother me. I, I thought a lot of the scenes, especially with the flash scene in the beginning, how they kind of did that with his sneakers and him sliding on the turf and all that. I I, I thought that was awesome. 
But I, I could definitely hear what you're saying, and a lot of people's complaining about the slow motion. In the there's one scene where uh, yeah he's in a pet store, and the slow motion I think works there. I think the slow motion worked anytime that it was the Flash for obvious reasons. But damn, dude, like the Amazons, there's a scene where they're sliding under a door, and the whole thing is in slow motion. I think, man, it kind of takes away a little bit of the not stakes, but like it takes away a little bit of the thrill for me because I feel like. Maybe I would have felt a little bit more palpitations there if they did this in fast motion because they're knocking down walls and these doors are closed. And I'm like, man, if, if I saw that in real time, I think it would just add it a little bit more. And Zach definitely goes for that. We saw it all the way back in 300 when he basically made that style of filmmaking popular of the really slow motion action scene. Yeah. And like, like, like you a said, kaiju battle. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, I, I feel like that's just his style and what he likes to do. And and, and hey, and, and I can understand if you, you know a little bit too much. I wouldn't have mind. Like you, know, you say that. Yeah, that, that could have been a good idea rather than having no slow mo there. And so there there's just that. Again, it's not a nitpick on the film. It's more of just a it's his style. His style 100%. And, that's, and that's one of his calling cards. But he definitely in four hours. Right. If you think you get a lot of slow mo in two hours, double it. I mean, you get a shit ton throughout this movie. <laughs> now, it was bloody. And there was definite foul language. I heard three f bombs. I might have there might have been even more in the background, but I heard three f bombs. Pretty uh, uh, apparently, one from Cyborg, one from Batman, and one from a henchman during the uh, hostage scene with Wonder Woman in the beginning. So there was some grit to this that you definitely didn't see in really any superhero uh, movie. Because even when the Marvel movies curse, they do it to make a joke. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, you know, the, the, I think it was two or three that I think were actually said. And I, I think it was probably just the right amount. I It didn't wasn't enough to, like, take me out of the movie. No, they so so I heard three again. Like I said, I don't yeah, know I think it was I, three. It might have been three there there. I don't know if there was any more. There was 100. It was 100 percent, at least three. And and I don't think that they were forced. I think uh, in the situations where it came up, I think they were all warranted. Yeah. I mean, Ahasha's scene and then Batman and what's his face? Uh, Cyborg. So, again, without spoilers. Yeah, yeah I know Cyborg said context. shit on one scene, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think there was some grit, some dark to the movie, but it all felt earned. It didn't feel forced because, yeah. you you know, a lot of times, man, there, there was stuff. there was literally only one line that felt forced to me. And, and, you, I don't, know, yeah. and you don't get it till the end. And I can't really say it until next week for the spoiler episode. Yeah, so I'm sorry to leave you with that teaser. It's in the epilogue. It's in the final 19 minutes. If you go watch that, just the final 19, you'll know exactly what line we're referring to. Uh, my next note here was Steppenwolf. Um, he was great. So uh, uh, he threw a damn horse. Uh, yeah, what I also love, like, I, I you got to give props to, uh, I think it's Karen Hines, the actor who, you know, played Stephen Wolf in the motion capture suit, because he was actually pissed as shit about the theatrical cut, which basically trimmed out his entire backstory in the character. So he was literally like everyone else, like, I, you got half a movie. <laughs> no wonder why you guys aren't going to like it. You don't know what the hell my character was doing. Yeah. And again, without me drawing like 100% memory from from what he did or didn't do in the Whedon cut. Um, he just felt really fleshed out here. I didn't know he was Darkseid's uncle. You would have thought it was the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> um, given the way he he obviously um, uh, uh, calls a master and stuff like that. And I don't know if that's because he betrayed him in one point and, and just, you know, the tables have turned. But yeah, they, they didn't. They, they just kind of say that he, you know, he did something wrong. Maybe he was trying to take over some kind of stuff and then yeah. got caught. And, and now so, you're enslaved to Darkseid. I just, man, he, he fucking threw a horse. And at that moment I was like, this dude's real. If you're going to hurt an animal in a movie, they want you, they want 
to you to hate that person or thing. And he did. And it was so, and that's when I knew like, all right, we're getting some pretty dark stuff here. And that was when he, obviously he's trying to get the mother box from the Amazons. And, you know, he was just, I love the new suit and the way it constantly moved. And then yeah. you had the little spider that came out. There was things about him in this movie that completely, and I know it's not a, an original opinion, but that completely fleshed him out to where I felt he was arguably, maybe besides Cyborg, the most fleshed out character from one cut to the other. No, I I, I agree 100%. I, I absolutely, he's, I was, I'm in a, you know, Batman uh, Facebook group and a couple people were saying he just jumped to like my top three, like movie villains of all time, like, you know, like comic related. And I was like, we're not like a hot take pod. I mean, we have them, but I think just, you know, we just kind of try to call it like we see it. Yeah. But here's, here's one for you. Give me Steppenwolf and dark side over pretty much any villain Marvel has ever put on the big screen. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong. And you know, they're developing a new, new gods movie. Now, uh, supposedly we're going to see, uh, another, I guess another take on, on dark side. I don't know if we're going to see Steppenwolf. Maybe we may, maybe not, but this one, he absolutely shined. And when he was on screen, I, I couldn't kind of take my eyes off. I was just, so every, his, his dialogue, every, his tone to me, it was just different than what we got in, in Whedon's cut. I do like, I did like what they did with his voice too. I think, uh, just the way it amplified it. You can, you could hear what he said. It was kind of easy to understand him. His motivations were clear. I just really liked everything about his character. Him, him and dark side, dude, I literally hung on like every word, especially dark side, because he's one of obviously DC's baddest villains. They have, he's one of my favorite villains and he just absolutely delivered just, just to stare his presence. You just, he just like radiated power. You know, I think the only one, the only Marvel real like villain you could really compare to these two would be Thanos. And I think because we got two movies of Thanos and one movie with two Thanoses. Yeah. And, and, and just remember, I'm, Marvel made th- made Thanos in Darkseid's image. So just remember I, that. I, I think that like even with the comparison there of, oh, well, here's what Marvel has to offer. And, and Endgame was and probably again will be soon the highest grossing film of all time. Thanos, obviously a very popular uh, uh, villain, but what Thanos did was he got a gauntlet of six gems that made him as powerful as he was. When in Endgame, when he didn't have the gauntlet and he just had his big giant sword, he was almost beatable, like pretty easily. I mean, even Captain America with just with Thor's hammer was able to take him down and Captain Marvel. What you felt here was weapons like they were they had axes they were fucking shit up left and right they were killing people you don't get that in marvel movies they were literally killing people bloody on screen like it was it was a lot um you know i'll get into the there's one point of it that i'll get into in a second that's not necessarily spoilered up and that'll pretty much talk a little bit more about dark side there but this one is more of a i wrote this in the beginning of my notes, but I wrote it at the end of the film. And I think I'm going to be in the minority with this one. And this is where I might take my first misstep with this film, but I, and I'm so sorry to have this opinion. I literally feel bad for having this opinion, but after this film, even after it, man, I am so sorry that I just still do not give a shit about Superman. I just can't get there. Ah, that's, that's, that's a shame. Yeah. I, I, and I get it. I'm in the minority there, but I think act five was the most, well, act one, was pretty boring but act five i think was the most boring act of the entire film and that's when they were bringing back superman and i just couldn't get there oh it's just I, something about him 
I, I, I think he's in like people say, oh, he's not in it that much, but I, I think he's in it just enough because Superman is like, is, is OP. He's obviously going to destroy. Here's what, right. And here's what I think justifies him not being in enough. There's a line in the movie. This is not a spoiler. There's a line in the movie where the characters, where the villains basically are admitted that they, they waited until now to search out the mother boxes because Superman's dead. And if he was alive, he'd be too powerful. And they could, that to me tells me that I'm out on Superman because he's that powerful. There's almost no threat. There's almost no stakes when he's around. He then has to become the bad guy. And I thought, you know, in BVS, there was that potential there. And in the nightmare scene, there's that potential there for him to be the villain. And I would have loved that. And, and that's where I think I'll get into Superman. Like he's almost like Roman Reigns, who ironically enough has the Superman punch when he's a good guy. I don't really care, but if he turns heel, which Roman did, it's the best work they could have done. And maybe if Superman becomes a villain at some point, I'll get into him. And I'm sorry to have the, that opinion. I He's was going to say, if they did the sequel, you probably would have really liked Superman in the sequel. I read all the storyboards that yeah. Jim Lee put together. And yeah. yes, I think I would have loved those movies. Uh, hopefully we get them. Uh, maybe not so much now because it would be completely spoiled for everybody. But boy, I, again, I'm sorry to have that opinion, everybody. Superman's just not my favorite. Um, I, it, it, to me, it was just so great to see just like Henry. Yeah. I don't no, kind of look wrong. up at a, at a messed up face. I'm actually looking at like, Henry, like, okay, there's Superman. Okay, there's Clark Kent. Like, I'm not looking at some mutated freak. I, yeah. I, I'm just glad that at least Henry is, again, saw Henry post on IG, on his IG, like, Zach, congratulations. You know, you deserve it. Like, it was good to see him, him happy, him excited to see it. So that was cool. So I think there's a there's a there's a trend on Twitter right now that is slightly nitpicky and I fell a little bit into the trap but uh I found a way around it and it's um you know I was excited to watch this movie on my 85 inch 4K TV ready to rock and roll yeah. with just like let it blow my mind at 3 in the morning with the lights out ready to roll and I turn it on in the beginning of the film you get a message that we're going to be watching this film in four, three aspect ratio because uh, to kind of preserve Zack Snyder's original vision for the film. And I thought, okay, I could do four, three, but then you have this big giant screen that's wide as hell. And you're looking forward to a full screen experience. Even if there's some cutoff at a 16 by nine, you're kind of looking forward to that. And then it kind of jars you that the entire left and right side of my screen are those black bars. And it almost feels like it's, they were going for the verticality of IMAX. And that's kind of what IMAX is shot in is that four, three aspect. So I get all that. So I thought to myself, it's a little distracting. How do I kind of get through that? And I found it. I actually ended up pausing the movie during act two, going on my iPad, watching it on my iPad with headphones to get like the best audio I could on my iPad. It was full screen. No cutoff oh. whatsoever. Ah, oh, wow. Good, good, good thinking. So I actually got to watch this movie on a full screen. Now, you know, iPads aren't the biggest screen in the world, but you put it close to your face. Fuck it. It feels like you're in the theater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with headphones on, man, the audio was wonderful. I got to hear all those little subtle things in the background, like an F-bomb, like this, like that. And to be able to watch it full screen, I, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take sacrificing the big screen for the full screen. And so maybe a little bit of a nitpicky gripe there, but did you have any issues with watching it in four three, or were you cool with that? Nah, I'm, I mean, once I was like, oh, it's for Zach's thing, and I was like, okay, you know, like I, you know, I watched it on a fifty inch, so it's not like I watched it on a small screen. So I mean, yeah. it, it didn't affect me. I was okay. My favorite part of the movie was I want to say it was Act Two, right around when I switched to the iPad. Um, was 
Diana and and Bruce are in, I believe it's the Batcave, and Diana is kind of recapping and narrating, if you will, the original war between yeah. Darkseid and I believe they're the new gods. Yep. Um, all the Amazons, the um, Atlanteans, the humans, and like, what is it? Was it Pe- Zeus and Ares and stuff? Like some- yeah, Zeus, uh, Ares was there. Oh, yeah, man, was so Ares was fucking shit up, by the way. Uh, and kind of the origins of the mother boxes. And that was my favorite part of the movie that war played out really really well it it gave dark side a lot of uh presence but also a lot of like you didn't go into it thinking he's invincible um given the outcome of what happens and i thought that there was just it was even though it's it's pretty narration heavy and like they kind of forced the story on you there i thought the way they told it visually was beautiful and arguably is my favorite part of the entire movie and and if i were to tell somebody yo go if you're kind of lost just go watch that and you'll get caught right up on where, you know, the plot needs to go. I love that war scene. What'd you think? Oh my God. I mean, you can, I mean, them visuals, them going back and forth with all the different characters, disease Zeus and, and, and dark side and get the green lantern. You know, we knew he was in there. You saw the original one, but to see that that was awesome. And then again, there's different variations of what happened from different cuts, but Snyder's cut was that's he's the goat, man. He, this is what he does. This is why he was originally set to do this film until, until I don't know what the hell WB was thinking. Here are three. These aren't gripes. They're not nitpicks. They're not any problem I have. These are three things while I was watching the film I wrote down that I thought were obviously, not obviously, honestly, hilarious uh, for their own funny little ways. Just little tiny things that I was like, uh, am I am I seeing that right? Or something that really jarred me. So they're just really funny little observations, if you will. There's one scene where a truck driver is eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. Right. And driving down the street. Yeah. And so, you know, something happens to where he drops the cheeseburger and, and hijinks ensues. And so they give you a close up of the cheeseburger. And it's the thickest piece of cheese in the history of dairy. And it grossed me the fuck out. I'm watching this thing on a full screen iPad three inches from my face with Sam. I own my parents own a deli. I worked in one for 12 years. When you see cheese that thick, you don't miss it. Go back and watch it. Just stop on the hamburger. And dude, it was the grossest fucking thing I've ever seen. I I watched it twice and I I never stared at that cheese. So I'll definitely have to check that out. (laughs) If you see it again, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll instantly laugh. It was so thick. I was like, okay. They got a food stylist to come make that look pretty, but they just made it look thick. It was disgusting. Uh, secondly, when they give you a little bit of cyborg cyborg's backstory, uh, they have him playing a college football game, Gotham City University. Go people. I don't know the name of the school, but uh, the mascot, but go Gotham City. Do you know what team Gotham City University was playing? I didn't say it. No, they were playing the Wisconsin Badgers. Of all the fucking schools in the world, you make up Gotham City U, which is just a small school in what we'll call New York, and they're playing a Big Ten team, the Wisconsin Badgers, with the real logo, the real colors. What? Who went to Wisconsin on the production staff that they wanted to throw that in there? I wouldn't be shocked if Zach is an alum or, you know, somebody in his family went to Wisconsin. Just a really funny thing that I noticed. That's a good poll. I, I don't know why, but in what world would Gotham City University, the D5 school, be playing the fucking 10th ranked Wisconsin Badgers? <laughs> it's just really fun. And then winning. And they beat Wisconsin. So that was two. And number – oh, uh, also, this is actually a small gripe, but spoiler free because it sets up something. After the game, Cyborg's mom 
is in the car with Cyborg. Mm. And I thought to myself, in real life, in what world is mom driving home the child after a college football game? That doesn't happen. You're going in the locker room, you're getting on the bus, and you're going back with your teammates because we're in college football, not peewee, except mom's driving them home after the college game. I just thought that doesn't happen. A little silly, but I won't get into anything more because then that would spoil a little bit of the story. Uh, and then lastly, there's a hostage situation. Uh, and a lot of people get taken by Steppenwolf and the Parademons, and the Justice League shows up, and they look on the ground, and they pick up a badge. Do you remember what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yep, I know do, the exact do, scene. Do you know what was underneath the badge, randomly? I, mean, I thought there was like a coin or something. There was a bill. There was some coins, and there was a bill. It was a $2 bill. Damn. <laughs> this is weird observations that I pick up when I watch a movie. But why would you have a $2 bill there? Who's carrying the two? No one pays with a two anymore, people. Actually, last week, I literally paid with a $2 bill. Like, that's so funny. You should be put in jail. You should be put in jail using a $2 bill. Dude, I just don't know why I noticed it. It wasn't a one or a five or a ten. It was a literal $2 bill. I don't know. Maybe there was some Easter eggy thing there. Maybe they put that in there as some sort of thing that's way above my pay grade. But a $2 bill was. Yeah, I I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Okay, uh, here's a serious question for you, but it's not spoilery because it's very close to the Whedon cut here. And they did, I believe they did it like this in the Whedon cut. So it shouldn't be a spoiler for you. But, uh, and you don't have to have the actual answer. It's just something to think about. Why would the Amazonians and, or the Amazons, whatever, and the Atlanteans guard their mother boxes out in the damn open with some giant ass room in some tall ass building and not maybe a little bit more secure around the thing that can end their world. Well, I mean, at least the Amazons, they had theirs in like a temple. It was like safeguard with barriers. I mean, and then the other one, they're in Atlantis. Who the hell is going there? But why in some giant building? Like, I don't get it. Why would you like advertise? Hey, check over here in this big space. Even if it's not there, it's like, yeah, I mean, I I hear you. You're underwater. Like you got a lot of places to hide it. Why the biggest damn building under there? It's just weird. Yeah, no, I see your point. It would be like if they hid it in the like the Lincoln Memorial here. It's like, oh, nobody would check (laughs) the big giant building. (laughs) I don't know. It was just a weird thing that I was just like, maybe they're doing it so they have a place to fight that's really big and they're kind of doing it for convenience. But if I was hiding a mother box, I'd do what fucking the cyborg character didn't hide it in a damn apartment. Like no one's gonna check there. Or that or or his damn graveyard. His Some, damn burial site. It's the entire world. Like they're capturing people because they can smell it. What kind of stench is the mother box putting out that they can smell it? I don't want to be a part of the world where I gotta smell a mother box. That sounds like the grossest thing. Yeah, I was gonna smell. say it, it don't sound good, Greg, when you say it like that. <laughs> That's got a horrible connotation. What did you think of Ben Affleck's voice when he was disguised as Batman? To me, it was a little weird. Say that like, again? So when, you know, like Christian Bale, when he's talking in the suit to disguise his voice, he goes like distances. Like, oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm. And I'm Affleck used, sounded weird. I'm, I'm I'm like, again, I'm one of the guys that I like Bale's voice. I, I know I'm in the minority there, but I like that. Um, I, the only one, only voice I really wish they tuned up a little bit better was probably Bane's. But other than that, I, I was OK with his voice here. And but in this movie, it sounded. It. I'm cool with them doing the voice disguise. Obviously, you have to for to protect his identity and all that. But it was so jarring when the first time he was donning the cowl, we'll say, and he does his kind of disguised voice. He sounded like 
it's something I couldn't quite put my finger on. It's a voice I've heard before, but it almost sounded like he was amplifying his voice in like a, a weird microphone. Like, a, like, yeah, a, no, yeah, exactly. Like I, my opening for the podcast was almost like, well, here I am. Like <laughs> when, when you see Superman in BVS for the first time, like it's like that microphone amplified voice a little bit. It was, it's not as, you know, I'm cool with bails. I, I don't mind the thing. I do. I like that. I, I don't know. I, it doesn't I like bother that. me, but for something about Affleck, it was just a little off putting. That's all. Uh, Barry Allen, uh, to me was my most hated character in the Whedon cut. He was annoying and, um, I just thought really abrasive and tried Mm -hmm. way too hard. Mm -hmm. And in this film, he was a lot less annoying. And dare I say, I actually enjoyed an Ezra Miller. Yeah, because everything that you hated was Whedon. I watched it today. So I know (laughs) everything legit, everything we, everyone hated about flash is what we didn't put into it. The last thing I have, uh, because anything else I have on my sheet here is a spoiler. So the last thing I have, I know that one of your big gripes was in the nightmare scene, uh, particularly around Jared Leto's Joker. And we don't have to get into the specifics of what that is. But overall, I don't think we got as much as we wanted. We got less than 19 minutes of nightmare. Scene. All right, I'll, I'll say of- one thing about the Joker and I don't care. He's he's got the worst he's got the worst Joker life. I'm gonna say it. Out of everyone I've ever seen play the Joker, live action, video game, Lego, he has the worst life. That's it. <laughs> he threw Lego in there. I love that. That's it. Uh, we 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 were hoping for about forty to forty five minutes of nightmare scene. We got about fifteen, if that, maybe a little less. Um, but overall, I was satisfied with kind of where they went and where they ended with that nightmare scene. Did you feel the same way or were you hoping for a little bit more? I mean, I, I think like everyone, we, I don't know. Once I heard 40 minutes, I got real excited, but you know, that, that that's okay. You know, sometimes you got to go in there, got to calm your expectations, but like, I think you 15 minutes sounds about right. Um, and I, again, it, it was probably just enough, just enough to, to keep everyone satisfied. Let's tie a bow on this. Just, Bring it home for us. Why should people watch the Snyder Cut? Okay, dude, I'm, I'm, I have the character list. I'm going to go down. Ben Affleck is actually Batman. He's a better Bruce Wayne. He's a better Batman. Whatever stupid jokes that that Whedon did, that something's bleeding on the inside, a lot of it is all that's Whedon's fault. Henry Cavill was fantastic. You don't have to deal with his mustache. Amy Adams was, was kind of good. You, you actually, you see a little bit. You don't know really what... Her beginning story is in the Weeding Cup, but it's actually fleshed out what she's been going through in this. Gail, she was phenomenal as Wonder Woman. She's she's always badass. Ray Fisher, he got what he did. Like he 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 deserved this. Uh, Zack Snyder said from the beginning, Cyborg was the heart of the movie, and it was ripped out. It was good to see Ray finally to get the story told. Jason Momoa was fine. I had no problem with him as Aquaman. He delivered as always. Ezra Miller, fantastic. Um, but this is the Barry Allen I think we wanted to see the first time. Stupid jokes. It, it just didn't work. Uh, William Defoe, great to see him as Volko. He had, I think, two or three kind of important scenes here. Don't know why you would cut his entire thing in the other one. Um, one we even talk about, I felt like Jeremy Irons actually had something to do as Alfred. <laughs> like, I don't, in the weeding cut, like he, he was, I felt like he was just wasted. There was even a couple scenes with J.K. Simmons was cut where, uh, we didn't cut the whole beginning where the ladies handed him about the messages and stuff. So when you see him in the weeding cut, you see him holding that notepad. You don't know why he's holding that walk and, and you don't even see him throw it in the trash can. Like the way he cut this film was just, it, he just dissected it. And um, I absolutely love Stephen Wolf. I love Dark Side. They are absolutely like my 
two well i would say right now they're up there as my two favorite villains stefan wolf got a huge improvement amber her was beautiful i already know that she's she's great as um as mara and also you you wouldn't know this because you're not like a huge huge dc guy but uh ryan cho was in it in star labs he eventually becomes the second the Adam, Adam I know, but Brett. bro, I okay. told you I wasn't I wasn't confused. I got my okay, I so did more research for this movie than I ever told you. You'd have been proud of me watching me do okay. YouTube videos and all that. I'm I'm good to hear that. I always love hearing the, I would loved hearing the voice flashbacks of Russell Crowe and um um Kevin Kevin Conroy for the Superman that it always hits home, always brought back like the score of Man of Steel. I absolutely loved it. It was great to see Granny Goodness, even though it was only a little cameo. She and looked was, a little weird. Yeah, like, it's it's granny goodness. So yeah. you, you can't mess with granny. No, no. From what I've seen from the comics and the animated show and even Smallville, um, they all have very different portrayals yes. of her. Yes. But this one was a little little wonky. Yeah. So you you get that. Uh Joe Manchinello, I I God, I he looked I, great, by the way. I great. would have loved to see him in a movie as Deathstroke because I, I, I absolutely love his suit. It's 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 phenomenal. There's another cameo I don't even want to say because no, I, I, I left. It's on my list, but yeah. I clearly don't I, I want I want you guys to, to be surprised. I, yeah. I don't know why they I hate that in Weedon's cut. He cut the Iris West scene because I absolutely really love that scene. And and the mother scene of, of Victor Stone, Eleanor Stone. I feel like that was an awesome moment. She needed to be told in there. Love the Amazons. Everything was great. I, I guys, I know it's, it's four hours. I know it's long. Maybe you're tired of it. You, I understand. But what given what this man went through. Let this man get his time in the, you know, time in the sun. He got it, you know, to tell this story, kind of put it to rest. At the end, it was beautiful. He did it for Autumn, for his daughter. And I, I think this deserves a watch. You, that's, see, that's the shit I'm talking about. This is what I wanted from you. The analytical look at the character breakdown. But we got even more of that coming because our top three for this evening are going to be our top three favorite characters from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Sam, kick us off with your number three. My number three is The Flash. He he absolutely did a a, a completely three sixty. I actually got one eighty three sixty right back. Uh, one eighty three sixty. You know he <laughs> he he did a whole flip and he was a new person. A five forty exactly nine hundred even. I, he he I, it's it's a shame what Whedon did. They just threw the Marvel crap at him and just gave him all the crappy lines. And, oh, he's afraid of bugs and oh, I just push people and run away. Like that was all Whedon. Josh made Flash something more and. He does something in this movie that we've never seen him in. Well, maybe in the in the TV show, but he does something here that's it's, it's pretty amazing and it's definitely worth watching. My number three is also Barry Allen as the Flash. Ezra Miller is has grinded my gears for half a decade. I couldn't stand him. He never, and it was hugely. Oh, driven. you're on the podcast knowing that you you hated yeah. his Flash. Yeah, as he's largely driven from his his Flash, and so now. For the first time ever, whatever the Flash or Flashpoint movie turns out to be, I will be there because this was the portrayal of the Flash I was looking for. Yes, he was silly and yes, he had his comedic moments. And yes, he was clearly the comedic relief of the of the ensemble cast, but it wasn't forced down your throat like yeah. it was in the Whedon cut. And by the way, I actually laughed. So oh. uh, quite a few things. So I I think, like you said, a complete 180 from the character he was in the Whedon cut, much less abrasive and rubbed me the wrong way. I thought he was just a little bit of a joy, and uh, I was very happy with what they did to Barry Allen. My number two, it's Steppenwolf. 
again, I, I, I came from just watching Whedon's cut, so I know what he looks like there. It He looks 10,000 times better. You actually, you, you give a shit about this kid. There's a couple of scenes where he's looking at dark side and you actually feel bad for the guy for a quick second. Like, holy shit. Like he, this guy just wants to go home. <laughs> like, that's, and, and obviously he's going to do horrible things to, to, to go do it, but he got more screen time, more character development. And actually I understood what he was, what he was doing, what, what, what he was going for. Cause in the weeding cut, I didn't know what the hell he was doing. So I don't think I, anybody did. Huge. I don't think his actor did. No, no, and that's probably why he was so pissed off. So it, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that uh, Kieran Hines can finally enjoy his full performance of Stephen Wolf. My number one is Dark Side, or my number two is Dark Side. Um, I uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, you actually get to see him. He's actually in the movie, but I thought that he, I, I wasn't like, I never felt like it was a. He was after the wrong thing or it was rushed. Like he knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted to get the three mother boxes. He wanted unity and he wants anti-life. And I got that. Um, I felt, you know, he was very menacing. I thought his best portrayal in the entire film was the original war. I've kind of mentioned that's my favorite part of the movie. Um, even though it doesn't necessarily go his way, that's not a spoiler because he had to have, it, if it went his way, we wouldn't have this movie. Um, I, I liked, first of all, I loved his look. I thought when he jumps out, you've seen it in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler. When he jumps out of the aircraft or the ship or whatever, and he lands, and his hand hits the dirt, and he scoops up a little bit of dirt, and then nails his axe or hammer or whatever it is down, I thought that cemented, okay, this MFR is clearly not to be messed with, and it would have been amazing for this franchise to continue to see the potential that he could have had in future movies. And it's a shame at this time, at least in the Snyderverse, we're not going to get that because he was a damn good big bad. Oh, dude, he's a badass. When he says the whole line, I've turned 100,000 worlds to dust. I mean, dude, I, I was, he had my full attention. Like, Dark Side is the shit. I, I, I kept him off just because, like, I love him. He would, he would, like, him and Batman would be automatically my one. So I literally just didn't include them. So, but I, I love that you love Darkseid also. So that makes me very fucking happy. But my number one is Cyborg. He is Zach's right. He is the heart of the, he's the heart of the freaking movie. He turned a completely different performance, completely different dialogue than what was shown in, in Whedon's shithole. Again, you, you should never, you should have never taken out his mom. That was an important part to his, to his origin story. The, the other added scene with um, the lady and her, uh, her, her daughter that was sweet and you, you dive more about what kind of him and his dad did and what they were going through and it, it was just it would just whole this whole movie was different between acting dialogue everything was different it felt it just it, it felt more it actually had a heart where the other one was just a useless red sky i don't even know it, it was bullshit but there was like a russian family that yeah that they, they threw a whole thing they threw in a, a big hotel for superman to fly away and it, it, it was stupid as shit cyborg was absolutely awesome ray fisher deserves this because he he really did shine i don't think this is going to come as a surprise the way i've talked about him uh as we went through our spoiler free review of it but my favorite character this film of this entire movie was steppenwolf yeah i yeah and and this is coming like again from somebody who hasn't watched the weed and cut in four years so it's not like i just watched it and remember man you feel him, you get him. Like you said, there is points where even though you know he did something to deserve it, you still kind of feel bad for him. Uh, the way that the Justice League 
fights him at the end was completely deserved and also really, really well done. Um, I loved the way he got information from people. He, he came off as menacing. He wasn't afraid to, to kill. You saw a lot of like a menacing side to him. And I just felt like with Thanos and his minions, I never got that sense of dread. I kind of felt like they were disposable and it was only a matter of time. And even though Steppenwolf may not make it to the end credits, and that's not a spoiler because he didn't in the Whedon cut, it felt so much more deserved. Well, if he In the Whedon cut, he, it's different how it ends with him, though. Right, exactly. And this one was deserved. I felt like yeah. oh he got God. his comeuppance in a good way. And I felt like, damn... Give me a Steppenwolf spinoff where he owns a coffee shop. I'd love to watch that. <laughs> I like it. Anything else before we wrap up and move on to the next thing? I, I'm, I'm just, again, huge, I guess, shout out to the, the Zack Snyder movement of release the Snyder Cut. Because what they w- without them, it's, you know, this is nothing. They raised over $500,000 to, you know, suicide prevention. When, you know, without that and the Twitter, like none of this is possible. Like they made it happen. So yeah. kudos to you guys. Cheers. You guys and gals deserve it. And of course, Zack Snyder, of course, without him, you know, of course, we don't have nothing. Yeah. And this was a movie 100% worth watching. It's available on HBO Max. Please go give it a shot for yourself. Um, will never be my favorite movie, never be my favorite superhero movie, but definitely in the last almost a decade, my favorite DC movie and something I would recommend to anybody, especially those who hated this 2017 version just to give it a shot for themselves. And as of now, it's has a shot for top three movies of 2021. Oh, baby. Whew. Man, we went we went on for a long time there, buddy. That was but I'm, I'm proud of us. We, we went almost an hour, spoiler-free. We did good. I can't believe we actually remained spoiler-free. We won't have to put anything in the time codes. That's you know, awesome. there, there was a couple times where I just had to stay quiet or I knew I was going to slip. So that's why, I, that's why I literally wanted you to do most of the talking because I'm, I'm, I'm weak and I will just blurt it out. Less, less post-production work for me on an already <laughs> late night. I mean, it's 9.15 at night. We are. We're and, I, be and I've been up burning. since 2.58. Yeah, we're going to be burning the midnight oil. So yeah, almost 24 hours for both of us. I woke up at, uh, what did I say, 3 or something? I started watching it at 4, so I was done by 8.30. You're right uh, behind me. Yeah. All right, let's, let's keep going. We stay in DC, but not the Snyderverse. The Matt Reeves averse. Matt Reeves, the Batman, has wrapped filming. We're almost at the precipice. We're about a year away from watching this movie. Okay, so he's done filming. So what do you think? Maybe September we see a trailer? I'm telling you, man, with with Comic-Con being put digital, I wouldn't be shocked for Fandom 2. I just wouldn't be shocked. I mean, hey, that, that that's a good point. That's a good point. And this, I, I'm, and this I'm just, headlines it. This, this, and then uh, maybe either a release date for you know Gotham Knights or something. But like, I could see a yeah. fandom too where this is. I mean, or the Suicide Squad if it's in June right before that movie. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, I'm just glad they, they they got done filming. I know you know they had problems with COVID. I know Pattinson got it once. It's glad everyone got it over, got through it. It's shot, and you know now we just wait for that finished product, baby. The things people do to entertain us simp's. As they say. I know, right? Thank you to everybody on the production staff. And this goes for all productions, not just Matt Reeves, the Batman. Anybody who is facing making a film or piece of art in general during these challenging times in this crazy world, seriously, from for us, thank you. Not only are you giving us stuff to talk about and our listeners things to listen, but you're still giving us things to experience and you're putting your literal lives on the line or your long-term health on the line or those of your friends and family. 
thank you. We mean that. Yeah, we are we are very grateful. DC is now working on an hour man film per deadline. Yeah, I mean, coming out of left field, I mean, hey, I did ask for other DC characters, um, but, but it's a little odd they went with Our Man, considering Our Man is on Stargirl. So does that mean Our Man is going to get taken away from Stargirl? Could it be the same actor who's playing I, I, Our I Man? I doubt it. They they really like to keep them separate. Would it be the old Our Man from the original yeah, Justice I, I Society would, of I would, America? Yeah, I would think it's going to be original, and then maybe they tie it back to maybe when Black Adam kind of is, so they can have that like Justice Society meet up or something. So I mean, I, I like it because I like Our Man. I like that he only has you know the the formula an hour with superpowers. Like I like that that whole kind of you know thing behind it. So it'd be interesting because I don't know like his villains. I really don't know too much of his history. This is where the term power hour came from, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I just want to say this. It's like a gorgeously rainy night here in Northeast Philly. Yeah, it's pouring. It's pouring rain. It's my favorite weather in the world. So I actually have my uh, blinds open. So you may be hearing some rain trickling on the windowsill in the background. I'm sorry. Rain is my favorite thing. And I haven't gotten a lot of it lately. So yeah, we're, we're enjoying doing. it. And even though I'm not looking at it. Because it's at my back, it's still just nice to have zombies. So <laughs> we know I that it's there. <laughs> I just love the rain, so you're, you kind of maybe have to deal with that in the audio. Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe you don't hear anything, and I sound like a crazy person. Venom, let there be carnage. We said we predicted this yeah, even this in the last no two weeks. We yeah. predicted this that it will be delayed, and it has this time till September seventeenth of this year. So actually, and it was only June. So what's that? July, August, only a three month delay. I mean, it, it makes sense. They're giving, they're trying to get people all the time to be vaccinated because you want to have people in the theaters. I, and the I, way it's trending, it's it's working. I mean, yeah, we're, it, we're it, it, looking, looking to be good. getting back to normal sometime, not normal, but whatever new normal is. Yeah, sometime what, this yeah whatever year. the new normal, yeah. And I was looking at um, I, it's like a movie time for something, Franklin Mills. I forget what movie I was even looking up. And there was like one time for like that movie during like, you know, their, their hours. I was like, oh, they're open, but barely. Yeah. Uh, and again, to to delay something three months to literally make millions more, I, I think is a smart move. I, I'm not like chomping at the bit for this film because even June was kind of sneaking up on us. So September feels more appropriate anyway. It kind of feels like since we haven't even seen a thing of this movie yet, uh, you know, I'm kind of cool with it. You know, I, I, maybe I won't say the same for black widow. I'm really not <laughs> really we're, not we're ready to watch anything. that one and put it out the pasture for real but i think i am okay with waiting a little bit longer on this one for sure uh let's get into the tv we don't have a review for the first episode of falcon and the winter soldier because for whatever reason it just hasn't dropped yet but again like i mentioned at the top of the program uh it does have a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes it's reviewing extremely well from those who did drop them we have not seen it in advance but at three in the morning we're going to get it on Disney Plus. What are you, you know, because we don't have the first one to talk about. We'll talk next week of the first episode. But what are you kind of expecting from this show as it is most likely going to be the complete opposite of what we got from WandaVision? I'm thinking it's going to be like a buddy cop superhero movie from from what I've been hearing of. Um, uh, the hell's his name? Kevin think Feige? Of his name. Kevin Feige? No, no, Anthony Mackie. He was oh. just on Hot Ones, I think, two weeks ago. He was on a new episode and kind of just, you know, like a little buddy cop and kind of having fun. And, you know, there's going to be some jokes. Obviously, it's Marvel. But I'm looking forward to it because I I, I love Winter Soldier. But hearing more that we're going to hear more about um, Falcon's backstory and probably his family. So it's just good to di- dive delve a little bit more, see what he's going on. And there's only six episodes. So it's not much. 
Really? It's that yeah. short? I, I, I think I, it is. That's crazy. I, for whatever reason, thought nine, but I'm not, I can't even. I'm double checking right as we speak, but I'm yeah. pretty Six sure. Six episodes. Wow. I would hope that they're going to be an hour at least. Uh, like well, I remember, did, well, didn't they say that they were doing it um, like uh, Moon Knight, that they were going to be like 40 something episodes each? 40 minutes? Yeah. With what, 14 minutes of credits? No, I, I hope not. And yep, six episodes. Wow, six episodes. That's okay. I'm I'm fine with that. A more limited. Yeah, thing. for forty, like 40, 45 minute episodes, assuming credits. Though, I mean, I'm okay with that. Four or five, six. That gets us through to the end of April. Um, Loki. So then we have, yeah, but Loki's June 11th. So we do have all of May, which is Black Widow's month. So maybe they'll put that on Disney Plus because they still don't know what they're really going to do with that movie. Um, I mean, or I, I'm 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 okay to just relax and, and wait a little bit. There's there's a lot on TV right now. Well, we do have the Mighty Ducks Game Changers just a week from tomorrow, so we have that as well coming. Uh, we have Godzilla versus Kong at the end of March. We have Mortal Kombat on April 16th. The end of April is New Pokemon Snap. So like we're gonna have, and even May 7th is Resident Evil Village. Plenty of stuff to hold us over until Loki, but in only six episodes, that means they can't waste a lot of time, and that's what I'm looking forward to now that I know that it's six. And not nine. I think my takeaway for this show is not off, off what, the opposite of some 41's record. All killer, no filler. Um, for me, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for something that just hits me over the head and doesn't stop. Uh, I, you know, we've seen those couple of minutes that they released. It looks fun. It looks like there's a lot of internal conflict between the two. Like you said, that kind of bad boys esque buddy cop thing going yeah. on with a little bit of little bit of tension there but i think to find out more about anthony mackie's falcon character sebastian stan's winter soldier is my favorite character like side character in the mcu i, I love him yeah um, so i'm looking forward to seeing more of him on screen as well and we're getting kind of get more fleshed out their adventures they're going to be it's going to be a lot of fun action-packed as hell um Six, I guess six makes sense. Yeah, I'm dude, I'm, dude, I'm perfectly it. fine with that. It, it, and it's probably still going to be longer than WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, Wanda was throwing some 28s at us for some reason. Hey, I ain't going to argue with you. I loved, I loved WandaVision. It's so good. But here's the main question, and I think I know your answer. Is And again, it's kind of apples to oranges because of the subject matter. But just from an entertainment standpoint, entertainment number one and entertainment option number two, are you? Do you think that you're going to have a better time watching this than you did even at your highest point with WandaVision? A hundred percent. I I I connect more with Winter Soldier and even Falcon. Yeah. WandaVision and Vision. To be honest, I really you know I never read their comics like that, so like they never really meant that much to me. Yeah, personally. So I I have more love and obviously affection for Winter Soldier because that movie is still my favorite in the whole MCU. We will talk more about the Falcon of the Winter Soldier next week. We'll do the episode one spoiler cast along with our, you know, spoiler cast of the Snyder Cut. And we'll do, you know, episode two, maybe not predictions and stuff like that. But with six episodes, you can assume we're going to do a weekly breakdown, kind of like we do for the other big shows. Yeah. So looking forward to, to all of it. Can't wait to talk about Falcon of the Winter Soldier. But until then, Warner Brothers switching it back to DC, very DC heavy episode has a Zatanna series, maybe even a film, we actually don't know yet, in the works. I mean, dude, it's it looks like I'm, I have a folder, or a folder, Jesus. I have something up right now. It says Batgirl and Zatanna are coming to HBO Max, and it looks like Static Shock is too. That was already announced before. So HBO Max is, they are not holding back. They are 
putting out the programs to get these subscribers. I mean, we still got Peacemaker coming, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of great stuff coming. Peacemakers this year too. Yeah, th- like that's like like in a couple months, I believe. You get Static Shock film, you get a Blue Beetle film. Like DC's hitting us hard with the obscure characters. I think that works. Um, you know, they have the CW verse that they've been able to introduce, like Black Lightning and some other kind of smaller characters there, which I love. That's awesome. Um, Marvel's doing their Disney Plus thing. Like I said, the the it's we're in a wonderful world right now where you don't have to be Batman or Superman to get a main like to get a movie. They are rebooting those both of those characters reportedly. So you know you're still going to get your big Batman's, your big Superman's. But it's cool to know we live in a world where Zatanna is going to be the main character of something. That's just a cool world to be in. Yeah, and, and she's such a badass. That it's like it's perfectly if you do John Constantine or Justice League Dark, like she fits just right in, and and, and she's she she definitely deserves a, a movie or a TV show. Everybody get prepared because Netflix is attempting to crack down on password sharing, even going so far as to potentially make it zip code specific. You can't uh, if you're registered in one zip code, you cannot use your account in another one. Oh, that, I mean, that kind of stinks. Like, man, you guys are charging us like $15.10. At least we can share it with one person. Come on. Here's, but here's my problem with it. If you don't want, you know, listen, I, I admit it, right? I have two fire sticks in my house and it's signed into there and all, all my smart devices and everything. It's all signed in there. But my parents also have two fire sticks and Ashley's parents have a fire stick all with my Netflix logins on there. I share my account. So fucking sue me. That's fine. <laughs> I admit to that, right? So if you want to crack down on me and take that away, you do your worst. But <laughs> but what if I have a vacation house? You're going to tell me that if I have to register my account under my zip code and I get a house in the, down the Jersey Shore or up at the Poconos that I can't watch Netflix and I have to get a second account, I will leave in a fucking heartbeat. And guess what? I'll find a way to watch your shit. I won't say how, but I'll find a fucking way. You don't need my 15 bucks at that point. And that would be a big problem for me and for a lot of people that have vacation houses. Dude, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I just don't understand. It's like, come on, guys, you have so many subscribers. You guys aren't hurting for money. Relax. 181 million subscribers. Plus, you just raised your rate a dollar during yep. a pandemic. Yep. Disney Plus already has over 100 million. They're coming oh. at you quick. And you want to do something that would lose you subscribers? Also, that doesn't seem did, very did you get the uh, Disney Plus email that they went up a dollar this month? Oh, did they? I paid for the year, so I probably didn't. Okay, yeah. So if you it just went, I think mine's the twenty six. I think it what was it. It was six ninety nine. Now it's seven ninety nine. Oh, I thought it was seven ninety nine already. Or if it, or or if it was seventy seven ninety nine. Now it's eight ninety nine. Oof. Yeah, I pay for I pay seventy dollars for the year. Yeah, That's and I just re, and I just renewed it too. So I uh, I'll be good there. Yeah, it's a good move. Yeah, and you already I think you already save uh, somewhere between five and fifteen bucks just by doing it for the year. So we should yeah. be. We're all good there. Uh, HBO Max is launching an ad-supported version reportedly in June. I think I know why, and I think it makes a lot of sense. $15 for a streaming service is a lot. Um, you have a lot of movies coming out this year Oh god, on, yeah. the, on that service. I think oh. it makes sense to do a $4.99 or even a free version of it uh, with ads because – you're going to get one of two options. You're going to get a shit ton of people buying it because it's a cheaper alternative. Yep. Or like me with Hulu, you're going to get a shit ton of people that get really pissed off and frustrated at having ads and then just upgrade to the $15 one. Anyway, I think it's kind of a win-win from a business perspective. 
No, I, I and I can see both points. I can see, like you said, a four ninety nine or or free and just a, a boatload of ads. Yeah. Oh man, man. Like if I were to watch the Snyder Cut with ads, it'd be five hours, and I would go nuts. <laughs> it's the ads are where you start to look at your cell phone, but then you start to look at it too long, and then you miss something, and you get pissed. So. I, I hate ads when it comes to streaming services because it just breaks my immersion. But I'll digress. There are three, count them, three new Game of Thrones prequels in very, very, very early development. Nothing's been, you know, they're not, they haven't been piloted or anything like that yet. But three more prequels. One is called The Nine Voyages. The other is called Flea Bottom. And the last is called 10,000 Ships. The Nine Voyages follows the great voyages at sea made by Carl's Ver, uh, Veleron or Valerian. Valerian. Uh, Flea Bottom is set in the poorest slum in King's Landing. That's probably the one that hits me most. And 10,000 Ships follows Princess Nymeria after her defeat by the Valerian Freehold. So this is definitely for the Game of Thrones fan who reads all of the stuff, not just the main stuff. Yeah, you know, it's a little overwhelming to hear that they're working on three more potentially that we're already having, what, two or three that are already coming out. But it's like, and, okay. And I, still I, the one that I wanted the most was the one that was canceled. Yeah, it's the one that was canceled. But, I mean, hey, it, it, we're still going to be in that world, so I'm happy. I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Flea Bottom, though, set in the poor slum of King's Landing. That's cool. I, I don't know. Familiar. I, I kind of want to see what's up with that 10,000 ship one, to be honest. Like, I think yeah. that's that's my one. You're not wrong. For me, I, it's like the one of the one in, in a poor slum of King's Landing. It's a familiar setting. You know King's Landing. You can kind of relate to it. The other two, I don't know those characters. Nymeria, Princess Nymeria. I feel like the somebody Nymeria was in that. No, that was the name of one of the dogs, wasn't it? Nymeria, wasn't it the name of uh, one of the? Well, yeah, uh, one of the wolves. The one of the the what are they called? The, the direwolf. Direwolf. Thank you. My God, it's been a while. I hate, gonna have a I hate that last season so much. I almost forgot everything about that show. Oh, and it's literally, it's literally the name of our pod is a Game of Thrones inspired thing. What am I doing with myself? <laughs> uh, last story in TV before we switch it to gaming. A King of the Hill revival is in hot negotiations. We might be getting some more Hank Hill in our. I mean, I wasn't the the biggest fan of King of the Hill, but I watched an episode here and there. It was kind of funny. Mike Judge, obviously, he's smart as shit. I'm sure it will get revived. Everything's kind of getting revived at this point. Like, you watch. We will talk about Futurama coming back. Mark my words. Again. For For the fourth time. Again. Let me take it over in gaming. We'll start off with a pretty cool story, but, you know, we'll see why behind. While the Switch was February's best-selling console, the PS5 became America's highest-selling console launch in U.S. history. And I will ask you, Sam, why do you think that that is? I would imagine because of bots. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's not in in sales numbers. It's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. In, it's actually in revenue, um, and that's strictly because. It's two hundred dollars more than the Switch, and you can almost get two to one Switch for PS Five. A five hundred dollar console. I mean, you sell two of those. That's three Switches plus a third of another one. So, I mean, it's just that's the way dollars work. It's not in units, but the problem with that in lies is it's an amazing accomplishment. Five hundred dollars or not, yeah. the problem lies. Where would it be if stock wasn't so low? Could you imagine how much better that would be? Oh my god. 
if everybody that wanted one could get one, just if that was the case and it was a perfect world and everybody that could get one would get one, no bots, no scalpers, no nothing. You just got it at $500, man, this launch would have been, I won't say twice as, as large, but I still see it every day on Twitter from my followers and the people that I follow. There are a lot of people out there still on the prowl, still missing out on the queue and still unable to get them from Dude, retailers. And, and you, you know, it's funny, like seeing actors like, hey, guys, I, I'm still looking for a PS5. I'm like, damn, you used to, I got one and you didn't. What's going yeah. on with that picture? You got yours at launch. I got mine the same month and I was able to get one through the queue the right way. And so were you. So that cra- shout out Chris to Chris Shriver. So, I mean, I it, it's just... It's great to see how well that that console is doing. I just wonder what if and how well it could have been doing if there was just more supply. No, no, I I agree. It, it, it sucks. It is the way it is. But hopefully, you know, I, I think I did. I, thought, I think I got an email saying Walmart restocked on PS5s today. Amazon, uh, I think, just got 70,000 or something like that in stock. At least that was the, the hot oh, rumor. So you heard it here first. Go check Amazon. Next up, we got our favorite. February's NPD. Again, if you're a new listener, we'll explain what this is. It's the top 20 best-selling games of the previous month. It comes out the third month or third week of every you know following month. So the third week of March, you get the sales numbers from February. The difference here is, as they've started doing for whatever reason, digital sales for Nintendo games do not count. I don't know why either, ladies and gentlemen. It's stupid. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't want to release their eShop figures. I don't know why. It would literally only make it better. But for Nintendo games, uh, it's physical only. So keep that in mind that mostly every game that you see on this list from Nintendo would even be higher if they counted digital, but they don't. Number 20, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Number 19, four years old almost today. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> nice. Number 18, Minecraft, but specifically the PlayStation 4 version. Number 17, Just Dance 2021. Number 16, Ring Fit Adventure. Number 15, getting killed in 13 days for no apparent reason other than Nintendo is Nintendo. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh... Why are they getting rid of it? I just don't know. Uh, let's see. Number 14, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 13, continuing to sell well, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number 12, and number 12, NBA 2K21. And oddly enough, this also doesn't count digital sales for that game. So that would even be higher, uh, if so facto. So yeah. just a little thing there for you for uh, NBA 2K21. Number 11, FIFA 21. Number 10, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number nine, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Damn. Number eight, also a four-year-old game. Actually, it came out in 2013. Mario Kart. Fucking real. (laughs) Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, quickly becoming our new Grand Theft Auto V. They came out the same year, technically. Mario Kart 8 for Wii U came out the same year. But I'm okay with Mario Kart because Mario Kart is freaking awesome. And well, Deluxe, to be fair, Deluxe came out in 2017. So it's not necessarily the same. It's technically a different skew. But god damn, dude, it's almost been a decade since that game came out. It still looks great. Matter of fact, I deleted my save data for that game and started playing it again so I could rebeat it. I already got uh, three star gold cups in all of 50, 100 CC, and 
about two or three of them in mirror. I'm going to go for that 200 CC brother. Remember playing that? Oh, my old days. old. That was nuts. How fast he went. Uh, number seven, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number wow. six. And I love this. I love seeing this on the list as it's an indie title. Little nightmares Two. number five, Madden NFL 21. Number four, Spider-Man miles Morales. Number three, new to the list. Persona five strikers. Number two, taken away from the number one spot for the first time. And I can, as long as I can remember call of duty, black ops, cold war. Damn. What does that leave for number one? You might ask. How about super Mario 3d world plus Bowser's fury. You got it. You got to love that physical only it's number one. And they didn't even count the digital. That's that puts a lot into perspective. That puts a lot of how well that game sold into perspective. It was the best selling game of the year. It came out half, or sorry, of the month. Came out halfway through the month, I think on the twelfth, and it only was charted physically. That's just cool. That's just cool. That's all. That's freaking awesome. You gotta love that. Xbox acquisition of Bethesda is now official, and twenty Bethesda games are now available on Game Pass. And a lot of them got uh, frame rate bumps to 60 frames per second or better. So not only are the games available on Game Pass for free, but also they play better. Nothing really new to report on the actual uh, acquisition as the merger was reported months ago. Phil Spencer did come out and they kind of alluded that a lot of future Bethesda games will be Xbox exclusive, but contractually they might not. Or if there's a legacy, this they kind of kept it left a little open. But Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Doom, Doom 2, Doom 64, Doom 3, Doom Eternal, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Prey, Rage 2, Elder Scrolls 3, 4, and 5, Elder Scrolls Online, The Evil Within, Wolfenstein the New Order, Wolfenstein the Old Blood, and Wolfenstein Youngblood, all available now on Game Pass. And all of these, except for uh, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, 4 Oblivion, and the Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout New Vegas will also all be available through xCloud, meaning you can play them on even like a smartphone. That, 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 that's for, hey, that, that's why Game Pass is, is great. You, it's just crazy value. Crazy value. And not only that, not only that, but Game Pass just added a couple more games too that I think are total winners in my book. Number one, Star Wars Squadrons. Nice. That's a good It's going to be available. That's great. Number two, Octopath Traveler, which, by the way, was a Nintendo Switch console exclusive before this. And it's just all of a sudden hitting Game Pass. It is available on PC, so it's not a Switch-only exclusive. It is available on PC. So I'm sure they're just going to take the PC port and and kind of put it on Xbox. But you get get to now play Octopath Traveler, a 9 out of 10 JRPG, somewhere else on a console besides the Switch. Just another reason Game Pass continues to be the best value in gaming. You bastards. Continuing their play at home campaign, PlayStation will be giving away Horizon Zero Dawn to all PS4 and PS5 owners from April 19th to May 14th. You want to talk about value from Xbox, now PlayStation dropping the hammer. I mean, they have to. You have to. Yeah, it's not only that. It's not only Horizon Zero Dawn, which is my finally my excuse to jump back in. To Horizon Zero Dawn, I stopped within an hour and gave up. Now I'm going to be able to play it through. This Play at Home campaign is amazing. Right now, if you're listening to this pod, for a little bit longer, 
you can get the 2016 Ratchet and Clank for free. It's an amazing game, a remake of the original Ratchet and Clank. You can get that for free. You do not have to be a PS Plus member. If you are, it is a part of the PS Plus collection, so you can just get it for free that way. But even if you don't have PlayStation Plus, if you just literally own the console and can connect to the internet, you can get this game. So that's awesome. But not only are they giving you Horizon Zero Dawn in April, they're also going to give you nine other games. Uh, What is it? Res Infinite, Abzu, The Witness, Enter the Gungeon, Subnautica, and then four VR games, including Moss, Astrobot Rescue Mission, uh, Paper Beast and Thumper. Three of those games are really well, uh, really popular VR titles. But for me, the standouts here are The Witness and Subnautica. I am totally in on both those games. Never got to play them before. Here's my opportunity. I might try Abzu as well as as that's reviewed really, really well. But PlayStation saying, all right, Game Pass, I see you. But here are 10 free games and you don't got to pay us a damn dime. That's amazing. My boy's right there, baby. Sony unveiled the look and specs for its next-gen VR controller. What'd you think of it? Dude, it, I thought it was different as hell. And I, I kind of just, I, I, I want to try it out. I want to see how it feels. It's much better than just like a PlayStation Move controller in your hand. Yeah. Um, it feels more like the like the Oculus controller and kind of like the Hive and stuff. It feels a little bit more like VR controllers on other devices, but with that PlayStation feel, because we're going to get adaptive triggers for it, um, both left and right. So just like the DualSense, uh, haptic feedback will be available in these controllers, finger touch detection, VR tracking, and then action buttons and analog sticks. So that's just some of the features coming to this controller. And I said it on Twitter. Finally, this is the tipping point for me to finally say, okay, PSVR, you've got my attention and now you've most likely gotten my money. It's a single wire as opposed to the mess that is PSVR now. And it's got some really immersive controllers that feel like you, it's just your hands. And I'm in on that. And they didn't say no price or anything, right? They haven't unveiled the, the look of the console, the price, the release date, nothing. They just unveiled that it's real. And here are the controllers, which is kind of weird, but I digress, whatever. Um, they're giving us something. Something's always Man, better. Be- than better nothing. not. Yep, exactly. Uh, so this is the first time where I... My, Matter of fact, so like when I tweet, for some reason, my wife, who hasn't used Twitter in eight years, gets emails of like random people's tweets and mine always show up for some reason. So she said to me tonight, she goes, what are you spending money on now? Oh, that's great. I said, honey, this thing hasn't even been unveiled yet. Don't worry about it. It's going to be a long time before I spend more of our money. Then it comes out in two months and you're like, God damn it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Pre-ordered. And Lester, we got in gaming. PlayStation buys Evo. This is kind of a big deal, and they just kind of dropped it right before we went live with this podcast. Evo is the largest fighting game tournament in the world. Uh, You got games from every console, including uh, Nintendo with Smash Brothers, and that's where I'm interested here is now PlayStation is going to be the owner of this tournament. It's not a game dev. It's nothing like that, but it's a fighting game tournament. Does that mean... We might get a little PlayStation Battle Royale All-Stars or whatever. Does that mean that Tekken is going to be the big showcase or Street Fighter V is going to be the big showcase game because that's a PlayStation exclusive? Does that mean games like Smash will no longer be there or are they going to go the Microsoft route with Minecraft and kind of let it be its own thing, but we get all the money? That's kind of yet to be determined, but I am extremely excited to know that Evo 
will stick around for a long time. I don't love it when things like tournaments are bought by sponsors because it becomes very heavy at some times yeah, and very like in your face. But the fact that the biggest fighting game tournament in the world will continue to go on and at least have that support from a major company, that's nice. I'm okay with that. Yeah, same. Uh, one last story before we go to your weekly WADA for the week. Uh, is it a weekly WADA or is it a CGC? Is it a weekly WADA? It is weekly WADA. Awesome. I'm very excited for that. The last story we have is a music review for a band that I listened to growing up more than you could ever imagine. Uh, boy, howdy, did I miss this band. Uh, their first record in nine years. Matter of fact, I randomly saw them at the Pinelands Music Festival in 2016. I want to say maybe 15, but 16 with the early November, Hello Goodbye, Jukebox the Ghost, uh, Cruiser, You, Me, and Everyone We Know, and The Spill Canvas. Boy, I miss them. Uh, do you remember The Spill Canvas from when we were kids? I mean, the, the name sounds familiar, but no songs are coming to mind. Uh, All Hell the Heartbreaker is 100% the song that you know from them. Everybody's heard it, even if you don't know you have. It was arguably one of their biggest hits. Um ever i would probably say all over you is their biggest hit of all time and spotify would agree is now i'm on their spotify page 14.5 million streams they still have 300,000 monthly listeners i want to say thank you to our friends at big picture media for providing us the record ahead of time we probably would have talked about it anyway because the spill canvas just has a really uh soft place in my heart but their new record conduit dropped uh march 5th so it's a couple weeks out now and we've had it since February, but I was doing the episode on my own last week and I didn't want to bring it up there. And the week before we had a huge show and it just needed to kind of get pushed because we already had like two plus hours going. So with that, this record kicks fucking ass and it's a different take from especially from the All How the Artbreaker 2003 Spill Canvas that you might know. Um, Pure Noise put this record out, 10 songs, 35 minutes long. Dark Side is their big hit, but for me, the song that steals this record is a song called Firestorm. It is this is again, it's a different you know what, you know, wait, real quick, you know what's funny? What? Two song or two song titles are two DC characters, Dark Side and Firestorm. Just do, Well, hold on, like- hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Cuz every single one of them is only one word, all the song titles. So maybe I hope they're all DC characters. How about no, Architecture, Calendars, Blueprints, Cost, Gallon, no. Molecules, Conduit and Akathisia? No, but yo, for, for all the they had Dark Side of Firestorm, I was like, oh <laughs> shit. Well, Dark Side, I think, was a Blink 182 song in the last year or two. Uh-huh, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it was Dark Side. But I digress. Um, this is a, a different type of record, and I'm super fucking amped on it because uh Sherry Dupree Bemis, uh, Max Bemis's wife. Uh, she's from Isley. Obviously, Max Bemis say anything in his solo projects. She's uh, she's featured on, uh, I think, just one of the songs, but it actually could be a couple. But uh, again, nine years since their last record. They recorded it up in uh, Soundmine, which is up in the Poconos, so right around our neck of the woods. Um, I, I, I'm just so psyched on this record. Like I said, it's been a really long time. They waited. They wanted to do something that was worth it, and this, my friends, is totally worth it. Firestorm, my favorite song in the record, but Conduit, the Spill Canvas, a band you've definitely heard of if you're our age group in your kind of early 30s, late 20s, whatever. Um, I love that band so much growing up. I saw them a couple of times, most recently, like four or five years ago, and really psyched to say that Conduit delivers a new Spill Canvas experience 
one that I wasn't expecting, but one that I was happy to get. Now give us your weekly wanted. Weekly wanted this week is a game I know we both played as a kid many, many times. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Mm, the Mighty you know, Pooh. You know, <laughs> I got this uh, 6.5 sealed with an A, just an A seal rating, no plus, just an A rating. Came out in 2001, directed by Chris Seaver. It was retooled for mature mature audiences after criticism for being too similarly cute as rare other titles. Features graphic violence, al- alcohol, tobacco, and use of profanity. It was definitely a an odd 64 game, to say the least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen to these ratings. I, I was more shocked by this. IGN gave it a 9.9 out of 10. Because it is damn good. It, it is fun. I just was not expecting a 9.9. Yo, Game. did you real quick before you go on? Did you ever play the multiplayer for this? Yeah, no, to me, that's where it was fun. It was so good. Continue. I, I, I don't even remember if I beat the story all the way through. I just remember playing multiplayer and just having a blast. Yeah, me too. So, like that, that's like my memory of. It. I remember Blaine, Danny, all of us played that back in the day. But after doing a little bit of research, this was a flop at launch. I read that there was only twenty three thousand units sold in the first week. And then the next week it was thirteen thousand, and they said they only estimated that they sold fifty five thousand copies. No, that's why I was like, "There's no way that's true. That's like, impossible. I, that's what the, the game would. If they only had fifty five thousand copies sold, the, I never first and for, I never would have gotten rid of mine. The game would be a thousand dollars right now. I, that's what I read. I take. That are you thinking about the? Are you thinking about the Xbox remake live and reloaded? No, <laughs> no. This, I, I, hey, d- double check, but that's what I read doing research. I know that the game is 20 years old. Um, as of February 2020, it's the fourth rarest N64 title. Well, shit, let's see. Yeah, you, you keep going. Yeah, so I got, it won the best sound at the 2001 <laughs> BAFTA Interactive Entertainment Awards. Which are so, the, which are the best awards for video games that's the that's the big one. If you win a BAFTA, you've made it. By the way, yeah. So to get sound, so like that's awesome. It, it development it took it four years, and just to give you an idea of some sales, I went on eBay just to find some listings. There's a few out there. We have a VGA, which it's not. It's another grading company like CGC and CBS. So I usually do WADA. This is VGA, and there's an eight five for forty five hundred dollars on eBay. There's a WADA nine four for thirty three thousand eight hundred and fifty. There's a WADA 75 for 1300 and there's a 65 for 1300 also on eBay. So it's it's definitely a pricey game. Um I see it pop up a few times, so I know there's definitely a few out there, but if it's true that there's only 55,000, like maybe it was more rare than I thought because then I found the title of the fourth rarest N64 title, so I don't I don't know. I I, so, I just had a blast playing this game as a kid. I, I have so many good memories. I think I sold mine to Game Junkie to get do you regret it a bunch of nes games i don't know if i i have my game collection i put it all away in storage so i think i might go in there tonight and see if i still have it my game collection yeah i I mean i mean obviously it's going to be worth more sealed but i mean if you still have i only have the yeah i only have the cart i don't even yeah and i still have the cart you know downstairs so i still have the game i can play but it it, it was just a game again i collect these games on nostalgia what i played what's your grade on it uh, six five. 
Oh, that's not bad. Again, like my 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 goal, I think anything higher than like a, my lowest is a six. So right now my standard is a six or better. And to get at least an A seal rating or A plus or A plus plus, I'm trying not to get a B because you just don't want to see the B. You just want to see an A or that A plus, A plus plus. So that was my weekly WADA, Conquers, Bad Fur Day for the N64. The way I thought we were going with an hour on the Justice League to end with only like an hour 35. um, That's That's solid. That's I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we didn't even go quick for the other stuff. We went normal, but that's just how much. We wanted to talk about the Snyder Cut tonight. So it ended up being a normal-sized episode, which is great. I thought we were going to go two-plus tonight. So that's cool. But we're going to probably go pretty long next week. We got our Snyder Cut yes, spoiler cast. In. <laughs> we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one spoiler cast. We're getting ready for episode two. All the hype in the world for that. So we got Marvel. We got DC. I'm sure gaming news is going to drop. Hell, there was like a Square Enix Direct today. They unveiled some cool stuff, but really not anything of note to add here. If there's some follow-up, we might talk about it next week. But I really wanted to dedicate this episode to something that you've personally been waiting for for four years. Something that as it got closer and closer, I started to get much more hype for something we both found a lot of solace in that we both really enjoyed and recommended at Zack Snyder's Justice League. Please, if you take away one thing from this episode, go watch that. You deserve it. He deserves it. We deserve this film. Zack deserved to get it made. Thank you, Zack Snyder. Thank you, HBO Max and WB for letting it happen. Fuck you in the first place. But thank you for letting it happen eventually. Uh, that was episode 229. We will be back next week with episode 230. For autumn.